Mary doesn't have a Facebook account, is that right? That's right. I have a face and I have a book. I do not have a Facebook account. <laughs> In fact, it's one of my pet peeves that people actually call them friends because I know what it takes to be a friend and I love seeing people. In face, face, as opposed to Facebook. Yeah, and I just, I just got, uh, my college just actually sent me an email saying that they want me to be, you know, uh, do this as a way for us to all connect with each other. And so uh, we were sitting in staff meeting and Andy hooked me up and got me on Facebook, I think it was just last week or whatever, and I'm getting all these emails from people saying they're my friends, or they want to be my friends, is that what they say, right? Can, can I be your friend? And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> so it's kind of wigging me out a little bit too, this Facebook thing, so, but we're going to Chad, as, we, as Andy was sharing, we're just kind of uh, doing this whole series, and the reason we're doing this together today, it's going to be a little bit different, is uh, if you, many of you know Mary from the w leading of worship that she does here, right, and, and she was just up here last night, yeah, awesome, give it up, she does a great job, um, but uh, what you may not know, many of you do, but what many of you may not know is Mary is on staff with us as our director of life together, and which is the term that we use for the fact that we're trying to be in community with each other. And so, um, so this is, um, outside of Jesus, I would say this is her, her greatest passion, is to help people um, experience this community that God wants us to have. And so, um, and so and, and part of the reason Mary's into this is not just because she wants to help us to experience it, but because she really did get God into her life through relationships with other people. So go ahead, take okay. it, take it okay. from there. Okay, here it is. Uh, I'm just going to share a, briefly a part of my story early on when, um, before God was really in my life, or at least before I knew he was in my life in a big way. So I have to go back a few years to 1978. Um, a lot of you weren't born then, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's the elder stateswoman yeah. of, our, of our, our management Yeah, team. cut the old <laughs> jokes. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, Anyways, 1978, summer of 1978, I was living uh, what I call the high life in Aspen, Colorado. And I like to say that not because we were at 8,000 feet altitude, but because I was living the high life. My life consisted of going to work every day and partying every night until the wee hours and then getting up every day and doing it again. And that was my life. I, that, that's what I thought it was all about. Um, so during that time, um, it was, uh, as I said, in the summer, it was a day in July, and after work, we went out, have a couple of cocktails, appetizers, um, and as I'm walking home from the local watering hole, I happened to pass a friend sitting on the steps going up to her apartment, um, and so I thought, well, I'll just stop and make some small talk with her. So as we're talking, I look down, she's got this book in her hand. I said, Barb, what's with the book? You know, you're not a big reader. <laughs> and she said, oh, it's a Bible. <laughs> And I thought, a Bible, Barb, what's going on? She said, well, I've been invited to a small group Bible study. And I'm like, a what? She said, a small group kind of Bible study thing, and I don't know if I really want to go. And I said, well, who would ever invite you to that? And she gave the name of a woman that I knew and a woman that I hated. <laughs> that I, <laughs> I did. I just thought I mean, she was a coworker. I couldn't stand her. Uh, there was just something about her that bugged me and yeah, anyways. So I thought, wow, this is amazing. And so my friend Barb said, I don't think I really want to go. And I don't know what possessed me. <laughs> uh, maybe the alcohol, who knows, maybe God. But I just reached over and said, give me that blankety-blank Bible and I'll go to that leaping Bible study. <laughs> and I took the book and I walked down three blocks away to this woman's apartment. And I knocked on the door. And I'm sure she thought, 
it was the devil himself <laughs> when, she, when she opened the door and said, well, come on in. What are you doing here? And then that was the beginning of uh, just an ongoing time. Week after week, I would show up at this woman's house, um, mostly because I didn't like her and mostly because I knew that she was a Christian. And I came from a background of going to church every week with my mom, and my dad twice a year showed up for that on Christmas and Easter. And I figured, I know about God. I'm just going to go and put her in her place. So my motives were completely wrong, but that's okay. Uh, it turned out to be uh, a good thing for me. But um, over those weeks, uh, she, they just accepted me. She and this other gal who were in the group, um, yeah, just let me ask my questions. Let me be my old obnoxious self. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience for me, and, and I'll share a little bit later, but it turned out real well. <laughs> as, you, as you can see, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those two women. So, hmm. You know, um, there were a few times, Mary and I have been working on this actually for a few weeks now, and there were a few times when I wish we would have just had a video camera in our, in our meeting um, to just share a conversation. That's actually why we're just sitting here on chairs because we realized that it was just in our conversation with each other about this very topic that, that, um, that came forth and birthed out the, the deep things that we want to try to share with you today that we really do believe can change your life. And, and, if, and if you guys have been hanging out with us at all in 2008, then you know right from the very first message of this year that we've been trying to help us to realize that, um, that God wants more than anything for us to do. As a church, the work of God is actually just to believe Him. The work, the hard work of God is to believe in Him, to put your faith in Him. And yet, if we'll do that, then He says, and you can actually know me. You can really know me. And so I, I, I tell you, probably almost everything that we're going to teach on this year is going to be to that end, to help every single one of us know, how can I know God more? Because the more we know Him, the more life that we actually will experience. And so as Andy said, we've said, you know, some practical ways of how you can get God into your life is through prayer and through reading the, the you know, through reading the Bible. Um, Andy helped us figure out how to do that just in our daily life yesterday. But, the, but one of the mysteries, you guys, is that God says, um, I'll actually get into your life if you'll hang out with people that I actually live in. Because <laughs> that's how I do it now. I, my whole goal is now to dwell in people's hearts. And then for us to engage with each other. And I'll get into your life if you'll engage with people. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And um, because there's a, a lot of different communities, there's Facebook and there's MySpace. But there's, I mean, we all live in communities. You work places, you live in your neighborhoods, you, your families, all that kind of stuff. But there's a, a unique community that the Bible talks about. It's called the church. And, uh, and basically, it's a community that says, um, you'll get together and you'll be there with each other. But I'll actually also be there too. And, and when that happens, some pretty wild things can take place in our life. So if you look at this passage up on the screen, it's 1 John chapter 1, starting off with verse 3. And uh, so it's right at the beginning of this letter that John's going to write to these guys. And he's given his reason that he wants to write to them. And he says, um, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. So John, if you don't know, he was one of the disciples, one of the twelve. And so he actually saw Jesus. He heard him. He, he got to touch him. He got to be in his very presence. And he goes... So I'm going to write this to you because I want to proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that, here's the purpose, so that you also may have fellowship with us. But then he goes on to say, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, 
Jesus Christ. And we write this to make our joy complete. And so when we look at this, you guys, you know, the word fellowship is such a churchy word. Anybody ever use fellowship outside of the church experience? You know, do you guys have fellowship at work? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of when I'm in meetings and we use the word fellowship, it's just, you just know that immediately you're churchy when you use that word. But what it means, you guys, is this, is it's, it's a deep, it, it really has deep meaning that's important to understand. It's not just an acquaintance. It's not, you know, a, a friend where you talk about the weather or, you know, the sports or the NFL draft coming up, things of that nature. Uh, fellowship is really a close, mutual association. Um, one of the things the Bible talks about is that the body, that the church is actually a body, and each one of us is a part of it, and we're joined and held together. Okay? I mean, you're sitting there. Your physical body right now is so close that it's joined and held together. This word, fellowship, means that type of knowing of another person. In fact, I looked up some stuff in, in the Greek language to see what this word means. I mean, it means intimacy, and it even can mean intercourse. In other words, so when, when, when John writes this and he says, hey, we have, I, I'm writing this. I want to tell you guys this so you can be in our fellowship. What he's saying is, I'm writing this so that you can actually take part in a deep-seated relationship that really makes a difference. And then he says, and our fellowship, our hanging out, is with God. It's with the Father. It's with Jesus Christ. And that it's somehow mystery of all mysteries. And it's, that's what it is, you guys. The first mystery is the fact that we can actually have fellowship with God. We actually, he doesn't have to be far away. He doesn't have to be something that we think about. This tight-knit relationship is something that we can actually have with God. That's a mystery. But maybe the greater mystery is that he says, and this will happen if you actually do this together. Okay? Now, I want Mary to finish, kind of take it into the next part of her story, but be, be, right before she does, here's the thing you got to know about God, right? God is many different things, but one of the things God is is he's love. And his love is not like any, other, any human love you've ever tasted. And, and for him to get into our lives means that we are going to start to have to understand a love that has been unlike anything else that we've experienced before, and that's kind of what happened for Mary. Yeah. So I'll, back to the small group in Aspen. I went week after week um, with these two women, Martha and Diane. I had absolutely nothing in common with them, and my motives were totally not good <laughs> as far as they, you know, were concerned. Um, Martha was a single mom of a, real, of a struggling teenager, and Diane, the other gal, was a young mom. She lived in a trailer park about 25 miles outside of Aspen. So just, I mean, we had nothing, socioeconomic nothing. No interest the same. But I, I kept coming, and I kept coming every week. And now I can look back and I know why, but I kept coming, I realized, because I could be myself there. I could totally be myself, my stinking, obnoxious, um, often intoxicated self, and they just put up with me week after week. So about three months in, uh, we're, we move ahead a few months here to October, and I remember the date because I will never forget it, October 12th of 1978. Uh, we got into a discussion about Jesus. We finally started talking about, okay, let's get down to it. Who is this guy? And why did he have to die? And uh, just everything about him uh, that they wanted to share with me. And they shared a verse out of the New Testament, which probably a lot of you have seen. I had never seen it. I was 27 years old. I had never, ever 
heard these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him wouldn't perish but would have eternal life. All I really heard was, for God so loved. That's all I heard. I didn't hear about the eternal life. I didn't hear about the perishing. It just didn't, didn't show up on my radar at all. It was as if God himself, as if Jesus was standing right here. I, I can still remember this. Whispering, for I so love you. And as I looked across from me are these two women. These two ordinary women who loved him so much that they wanted me to get him <laughs> into my life. And that's what they did this week after week and put up with me. And so I, I just became overwhelmed by the reality that it wasn't just God's love on a piece of paper. Or even, you know, like, well, this is the Bible and it's true, and so you got to believe this. But that I could experience right there the kind of acceptance and patience. <laughs> the Bible tells us God is patient with us, the patience they exhibited, their willingness to speak the truth to me. And, I mean, that was it. I just fell on my knees right in that little teeny dingy apartment and said, I want this more than just on these nights, one night a week. I want this all the time. How do I do this? Hmm. And that that was the beginning cool. of the journey. So, and, the, and, the, and you guys, so if you're sitting there today, there is no question. I think the, the, one of the greatest, deepest struggles that we, in our own minds, I know in mine, <laughs> even you know, however many years I've been really walking with Christ, is to really know that God loves you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and you know, um, that little community, that little community did not save me. Right. But that, through that little community... God loved me, and then he brought me right in to the, the salvation, if you want to call it that, into that life-saving relationship with him. So I, I can't separate the two. Yeah. I, I just can't. And it's kind of weird, because I know, you, you'll hear all the time, is I don't have to go to church to, you know, to be a Christian. I don't have to go to church to get to heaven. And that is an absolutely true statement. But one of the things I think we also will fallibly believe is that I don't have to be in relationship with anybody either. I can just, I can know God really intimately and deeply and not be in relationship with other people. And I think I need to tell you that I, from what, you know, Mary and I looked at this week and what, we, what I've known for a while is that it's just not true. And the reason is this, because God in and of himself is a relational, he's relational. That's what the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in perfect love with each other, perfect love, oneness. It's, it's, it's like what you are hoping for when you have those sweet moments in your marriage where you're just in sync, totally one with each other. Well, see, God's like that all the time. So if he's relational in his essence, then when he created us, he created us as relational beings. And again, you know that. Even in prison, the worst punishment possible, again, is solitary confinement. Because if you are left completely alone from human contact, you, will, you, just, you can't function normally. We are made to know God by being in relationship with each other, okay? And again, that's, I think, a big way that we actually know his love. And that's what we want to kind of talk about as we, as we spend the rest of our time here together. Um, look with me just real quick at, at uh, John chapter 15, and we're going to kind of look through this. How do I get God actually into my life? Not know about him, but actually have him intimately into my life if I, by being with you by being in relationship with other human beings. 
Jesus says this. He goes, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. So again, Jesus is saying, I love you, and I want you to remain in that. If you obey my commands, then you will. You will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be... That, uh, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. There it is. Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. Now let me, let me just show you really quick out of this passage, and then we're just going to kind of look through this a little bit. How, does, how do I get God into my life? through others, here's how you do it, you guys. You love people. If you love people, God gets into your life. And how how do we know that? Because there's three things he says here in in this passage. In verse 9, he says, remain in my love. And he says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. You will, in other words, you'll know God. He won't, he won't be some ethereal you know, set of things that you're believing, like Mary said, the Bible tells me so. You'll actually remain in his love. How? If you obey his command, what is this command? Love each other. So if you love each other, you remain in his love. The second thing he says is, if you love each other, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. You want to get me into your life? How about my joy? Anybody want God's joy? I mean, I mean, wouldn't that be amazing to actually have the joy? I just read about that this week. Well, that'd be a whole other deal. But, um, <laughs> but how incredible it would be to wake up in the morning and feel joyful. And here's Jesus saying, I want, you want me into your life? If I come into your life in fullness, I will give you joy. And guess how you can have joy in your life? Follow my commands. What's my command? Love people. Love each other. And you'll get me into your life. And then lastly, he says, and you'll be my friends. You'll be my friend. Isn't that, can, you, can you even fathom the fact that God wants to be your friend? Again, not an acquaintance, okay? A friend. And he goes, how are you going to be my friend? Love people, and I will get into your life. So here's what we're going to do for the last major chunk, actually, of this message. How do we do this, you guys? How do you get God into your life? Can you, and, let, and again, let me say this. The last thing we want for you is for you to come to K2 the church. And please, you're going to get so sick of me saying this. You don't go to church, you are the church. Again, if you want to get God into your life in fullness, you can't just come to a service once a week. It will help. But to know him deeply, you're actually going to have to do what he says. And what he says is, love each other. Okay? But how do we love each other? He said, as I have loved you. And that's what we're going to look at. How did Jesus love us? And therefore, how are we supposed to love each other? And just think, if we might do this, maybe God would get into our life. So let's, okay. let's lift off a few things. Yeah, uh, the first one is a little bit later in these same passages, Jesus says to his friends, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I think um, one of the things we do often in our culture is we kind of hang back and wait. Um, you know, I'm, I want to get into this community. How do I get into community? I want to get into community. And for those of us who have a relationship with God and know his love, um, we need to step out and choose people. 
Um, my experience with choosing is pretty limited when I think back as a kid to like that game Red Rover, Red Rover, Let Mary Come Over. What a horrible, horrible experience of being chosen. You're chosen to be on a team so that you can run across the schoolyard and try and break through another team's hold as they link arms and grab somebody and take them back. And I'm the smallest kid in my class. And so they choose me because I'm the smallest to come running across because I'm going to fail. Well, <laughs> that just it makes no sense at all to be chosen as the weakest link when God chooses us because he sees that our potential, okay? He, he sees who we can become, that we're not the weakest link. So in the same way, we got to turn around and look to other people and say, you know, well, just like my friends, Martha and Diane, if they had just seen me for who I was, but somehow they saw beyond that, and they kept inviting me somehow to come back week after week after week. We got to step out and invite people into our lives, into activities we're doing, whatever it is. Nobody really wants to just, I mean, we go to restaurants and order off a menu because it's there, but when you come to somebody's house, you're invited. Okay, we need to invite people into, into that space, into our lives, because that's a way of I think of really showing that we have the love of God. Hey, I know I've been chosen. I, it's a win-win it's a for me to, to reach out to you guys. It's a win-win because I have no idea how God's going to show up and, and bless me by getting to know you. So I think you ought to take the same chance. Yeah, and just remember again, you guys, because Jesus says right after this verse, he says, you didn't choose me. He goes, I chose you. <laughs> and if, if, if any of you in this room are, are, are a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ, you know that to be true. Yep. You know that you're only sitting here because he initiated the deal and started drawing you to himself. So, again, just as I have loved you, I chose you, you go and love each other. So initiate. That's one way that we can yeah. actually love each other. And if we do that, somehow God will start to get into our life. Yeah. And the next one is acceptance. Uh, in Romans chapter 15, verse 7, it says, Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. You know, accept each other the way he has accepted you. If you in any way, shape, or form think that, you know, you did all the right stuff and that's why he loves you, you need to talk to me later. <laughs> Seriously, because not a one of us deserves it. And yet he loves us right where we're at. And the Bible says to us earlier in the same chapter that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinning, that God demonstrates his love. And how did he demonstrate? He didn't send a valentine. He didn't <laughs> ask to be your friend on Facebook. He sent his son. He gave his son to die for us while we were still sinning. He didn't say, hey, you know, clean yourself up and then I'll accept you. That wouldn't be acceptance at all, would it? So we have to ask ourselves, I have to ask myself this all the time, do the people that I'm spending time with, do they feel accepted right where they are, right where they are, like I did? I mean, those gals didn't say to me, hey, you can't come in here until you get that liquor out of your system. You know, you can't come in here smelling like a tobacco factory. You can't come in here and say those words. <laughs> they never said that to me. They just accepted me the whole time. So I say look for those opportunities of, of how you can accept someone. And maybe it's someone really close to you. Maybe they're the person sitting in the chair next to you today that doesn't really feel that kind of acceptance, that, hey, I can come as I am. I can be as I am with this person, and they're going to love me. It's pretty powerful stuff. I think part of it is we have forgotten, those of us who know. We have forgotten to remember what that was like when God accepted us and what we were like yeah. before. And I, I, 
you know, like I've, I've said it here before, my life is one big pile of mercy. <laughs> that's, that's all I am. And see, once you know that you've been, you know, which leads actually to our next one. But once you know that God looked at you when you were living in complete <laughs> opposite of what he would normally like, and he embraces you. Man, when you, when you see people who are struggling, it, you, just, you just embrace people. You give what you've been given. So it leads it right into the next yeah, one. Yeah, and then the last one, really, and it is so connected to acceptance, is forgiveness. I mean, t- you are guaranteed, if you are going to be in relationship with another human being, you are going to need to give forgiveness, and you're going to need to receive it. Yep. Because everybody, I mean, I've, I've been on staff, what, eight months or so, and I that's know. That's all we do is forgive me. That's Mary. all we do, yes. Forgive me. Thank you, Dave. No. But I mean, we, you know, it's, it's... I am really getting to know God well since bringing her. <laughs> Thank you that I could provide you with that opportunity. <laughs> um, but truly, if you're going to be in a real relationship with somebody, I mean, I'm looking out here and I can see some of my friends out here, you know, and you have had to forgive me and I've had to forgive you because we're in real relationships. And Please understand this. This is not forgiveness, okay? Somebody hurts you, they come up to you and say, I'm sorry, and you say, it's okay. Yeah. Okay? That is not forgiveness. That's taking that hurt, putting it in some other little deposit, some other little account in your heart, and it's going to compound this emotional interest that someday is just going to erupt like a volcano and destroy the relationship, okay? True forgiveness. If you're going to forgive somebody, it's going to hurt you. It's going to cost you. You know, and if we're going to do it, the Bible says, forgive as, as Jesus has forgiven us. Don't tell me it didn't cost him to forgive us. And so it should. There sh- uh, quite honestly, it's going to be costly. But I promise you, again, we can talk about this later. Feel free. Call me. Come up here and talk to me about it. I promise you that you will not fully understand and even be able to assimilate God's grace until you have to give it to somebody. You think you, you think you have it when you first come in and know him, but it doesn't, the deal doesn't get sealed deep in your heart until you know what it feels like to have to give it to somebody. And then all of a sudden, it's like the, this fire hose opens up and you're just putting grace out. It's, it's an amazing thing, but it takes sometimes a big hurt to have to give a big piece of grace. See, and so. it... it, it so follow this, you guys, because this, cri- this is critical. Because most of the time what we do is we'll come to a, a church or a religious setting and we'll go, I want to I be accepted. I want to be forgiven. But see, if you think about it, if some, and, and like Mary said, there is no way to get close to another human, be close to another human being without experiencing pain. Come on. If you're married, you know it. It's, it's just there's no way to get close to another person without experiencing pain. And, and, and here's the deal. You have a choice. You either can hold that in. And again, if you're a follower of Christ, you've been forgiven. But if you choose to not forgive that person, what happens? Do you get God into your life? I'm telling you, man, if you choose to not forgive, what happens? The scripture says, actually, Satan gets a foothold. And you know what develops? Bitterness and anger and hardness. But if you do, if you love as you've been loved, what happens? Then God gets to flow into your life. And you want, you want to get God into your life? Then actually love like he loves. 
instead of demanding that other people do that for you, do it through you to the other person. And you know what? Then it doesn't matter what the other person does. Because how many, how many of us in here, God offers forgiveness all the time and we, just, we don't even accept it. Well, that doesn't, you know, at least God's free to give it. And you know what? If you are free to forgive, free to accept, free to choose, you know, send out an invitation, people might not accept it. But if you're free to do that, I'm telling you, God will get into your life and your heart will be completely different. Okay? Now, let me just say a couple more quick. I'm not gonna, we're not going to go into it. But love is not just acceptance and forgiveness. It's also telling the truth. You know, God actually tells us the truth, which is a really good thing. And if, if you want to get God into your life, be a truth teller, but always in love, right? We don't need truth spoken in unlove. Truth in love. And also, the other thing that God, you know how else he loves us? Yes, he accepts us where you are. But when he looked at Mary's life, he said, but I have dreams for you, Mary. Can you imagine when you first walked into that Bible study sitting here today? Come on, you guys. Some of you are sitting out there right now, and you are Mary. You are Mary before she walked into that Bible study. Does God accept you? Yep. Will he forgive you? Yep. Is he going to say, but keep living like that? No. The love of God has a purpose for your life. And you know what's cool? When you love somebody, the other cool thing to try to do is to see what maybe God's doing and to encourage and to challenge people to be that. All right. So, how do we do this practically? Hit the first one. Good question. Okay. Let's just worship. (laughs) Let's sing songs now and go home. Um, Some of the practical, some of the real practical ways we can do it right here is if you've been coming and you don't know how to get connected with people, you know, and we're in this community, okay? Um, invi- invite somebody. Invite somebody to go out to lunch today. Yeah, today. Okay? We've got, you cool. invite somebody to go out to lunch and talk about this. Um, it, maybe that's a little scary. It wouldn't be for me, but I'm an extrovert, okay? <laughs> but if you're an introvert, there's a standing invitation every Sunday afternoon. There's a group called Starting Point. You can go over to Troy and Trisha Shepherd's house and have dessert and coffee, no questions asked. You could even go after here and have a couple beers and go. And I know that they would let you come over. They, they don't care. They just want you to come to their home, have some dessert, and just talk about what's going on here. Um, that's just for starters. You know, and the other one, though, that we talked about was so interesting is actually go home and just and try to do this with yeah. your spouse. <laughs> That's a really good place to start. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anybody show, show of hands on your last there? <laughs> That's awesome. But I'm serious, you guys, too. You know, I mean, oh, no. I bet there are a million women sitting out there right now to say, hey, guys, you know what would be great? Initiate with your wife. Choose, you know? Do something. Make a choice. Hey, how about with your kids? Susie's been gone this whole weekend. She's in Detroit, actually. I've been playing Mr. Mom, you know. Um, so 220, 221, whatever it takes. You guys remember that line? Great line. <laughs> it's a great line. Um, but, but, and it's amazing to me, again, that for me to love my children is to initiate, right, and to choose to do that. You can do that at home. I tell you, offer acceptance and forgiveness at your workplace to your boss or the coworker or the people you're overseeing. You know, so part of it is, you don't actually, which we're going to get into now, is we have community here at K2, and it's really not on Sunday morning. It's okay here. I can tell you this right now. Fellowship, the true definition of the word in the scriptures, does not happen on Sunday morning very often, unless you really get into a deep conversation in the lobby or in the parking lot. 
But to have fellowship, you're going to have to do a community. You have to actually connect your life at a deeper level with some people here. And if you will do that, then God can get you. So one way, two weeks ago, we talked about this SOAP method. Because again, we do this so that you could have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with God. Well, one way you could try that out is to take that method. And again, there's journals in the lobby. You can pull them up. They're only five bucks. And you could ask one other person, maybe two, and say, hey, let's just read the Bible together. Let's do it. Let's, 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 I'll have my own time with God, and then let's get together and just see and, and share. And I can tell you if, you, if some of you would start doing that, you could really begin to experience God getting into your life. And then the last one is what Mary oversees, so go for yeah, it. Yeah, small groups. Yeah. Yeah, well... Like just life together groups, period, no matter what the size. We got little ones, we got big ones, we got serving teams. And just inviting people. If you, if you are in a group right now, you know, one of our official groups, you know, be thinking about who's the person that maybe you see here that would just, they're just waiting for the invitation. Um, because it's, it's, I mean, that's my love, of course, because I know. And I'm looking out here, this is really killing me. Because <laughs> I'm looking out here and I'm seeing Craig and Puyang and I'm seeing Christy and I'm just seeing people and Eric and Sabina that I know these people because I've been over the years in a small group setting with them. Cool. So. All right, and we're actually going to talk about that here for a second. So let me just run down again, you guys. If you want to get God into your life, then the way, one of the major ways that happens is to love other people. And here's the beauty of it. And actually, we, is if you're hanging around with a group of people who actually are letting God do that through them, who are loving you, then you also do get to receive it. And I'm telling you, I know for me, when I've been forgiven, when I don't deserve it, oh, that is one of the most divine experiences you'll ever have. And you will get to know God when somebody gives you grace, when somebody's merciful to you, when somebody accepts you. And I know that's why I am where I am today. So we need to be in these type of communities so we can give it and experience God living through us, but also so we can receive it. Because our wounded hearts need it. We need to know that we're going to be loved even when we're jerks. And that's, that's huge. All right? So um, what we're going to do now is um, Mary actually has a couple guests that she's going to bring up. You guys can go ahead and come on up here and we'll uh, do this. And while we do this, our, if our greeters could go ahead and come forward. Um, we're going to be taking our offering right now. Because again, as, as I kind of jokingly said, our greeters are going to come forward and take our offering right now. All right, cool. Um, is, uh, partly is that for, for me, again, if we just sang songs, when we talk about this, to worship God isn't necessarily to sing right now. To worship God when you talk about community means every time you love another human being, you actually... Worship God. That's what it means. So these guys uh, are, are going to do that. And again, if you're, if you're here today and you're visiting or you're new, don't worry about the financial piece of this. Um, we are really glad that you're here. The reason you give an offering back to God is because you've received so much that you want to give back to him. And, and again, guess what, you guys? God is a very giving God. And so when you give, that's like you get God into your life. Because that's what he's like. Every time you give, you get him into your life. So if you want to participate, that'd be awesome. But let's go ahead and Mary, take over. We'll keep going. Well, I had a really difficult time, actually. Nothing personal, you guys. I had a difficult time choosing um, who were some of the people that I would want to um, have be a part of this with me. Um, because we, the three of us have been t- together in a small group since last September. Uh, 
and which now has become a not-so-small group, and it's just sort of exploded. Um, we actually had to change locations because um, Jeff and his wife, Jenna, were coming to our group, and, and only one could come each week because one, one needed to stay home with the kids. And so we thought, ah, the heck with that. So we just picked up the whole group and moved it to their house <laughs> so that they can still be with their kids. And we, we just did not want, we couldn't figure out how can we get both of these guys here at the same time. We started wondering if there really were you know, two people, or was it just one person, you know, coming in different costumes, because we never saw them together. So it's so cool to have Jeff and his wife, Jenna, uh, together in our group. So this is Jeff Jen Blaker, and I've known Jeff for about almost 10 years. Holy cow, look at the gray. How come I'm not gray? No, just kidding. <laughs> it's Revlon. Um, <laughs> and this is uh, my new good, my new BFF. Um, for those, your best friend forever, yes. Michelle Freed, and Michelle, um, started coming to K2, how long ago? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. And um, for whatever odd reason, I just, you know, I think it was, like you said, a, a plot that we sabotaged her and invited her, coerced her, dragged her into our small group, and now she's addicted, which is a really good thing. Anyways, we're going to just talk a little bit about um, what they have received uh, from being in a group experience, in a, in a community experience here at K2, and um, you want to start? Yeah, uh, sure. Gentlemen first. <laughs> if we were in Honduras, we would say ladies first. Right. Damas primero. <laughs> you may go. <laughs> um, I think a lot of what you guys were just talking about, uh, as far as I think I really experienced God's love for me in that small group or the relationships that came out of those small groups. Um, Ten years ago or so, I was really struggling, and um, I had been a Christian for a long time, and but I had intellectual, only intellectually understood God's love for me. I hadn't re didn't really know it, and it was through the relationships in that group that I was in that I first experienced God's true love for me, and I also scored my wife out of that group. <laughs> but so that's but God's that true <laughs> love. <laughs> but um, but I think <laughs> but. A couple years ago, um, we, my wife and I, uh, we had a, our, our son was stillborn, and that was an incredibly um, difficult, difficult time. And um, before that point, we'd been coming to K2 for, for quite a while, um, but we really hadn't plugged in and, and didn't um, have I, those relationships. And, and through that time, I mean, we experienced an incredible amount of love and just, um, and again, really saw how much God loved us. And the time since then has been very difficult, but um, through all the different times with different guys that um, I've been hanging out with in small groups, um, whether it's been hiking or in a small um, in a Bible study or at a coffee shop, um, it's been... Yeah, and God's love has been uh, been experiencing that yeah. in a big way. Yeah, thanks. What about you, Michelle? Tell us a little bit about your journey here. Well, I, um, I have received a lot through the group. Um, I think um, initially when I first started coming to K2 and up until even the first few weeks of the group, I was um, really torn when I came to K2 because I, I was drawn here. I felt really comfortable here, but I had so many questions a lot of angst, a lot of trouble reconciling my head with my heart. 
Um, there were many things I was unsure of, and I think that's why they ambushed me and got me into the group, because I think they were afraid they were going to lose me, which they probably were right, because I was really, every time I come, I would love being here, but I really didn't know if I really believed this. Like, do I truly believe this is true? Um, and I really felt physical <laughs> angst about it. So I came to the group, and um, there were so many obstacles, and what surprised me is what I received was just so much acceptance um, and especially after a few weeks as the, week, as the group went on, I, I realized that I had to put these questions out on the table and I probably would have been burned at the stake a couple hundred years ago for asking some of these questions. But that's not the response I got. People were so accepting and encouraging and they helped me to move some of these obstacles through these great conversations, these very intense conversations. And then there were times when we, we couldn't come up with an answer and those were probably more powerful because we would just they would just kind of sit with me and we would acknowledge that God is a mystery that we can't completely comprehend and understand and that that's okay and before I would just sit down and I would stop but that was the first time I felt it was okay to keep going even with uncertainty um, even with doubts um, and I think that helped me to finally get some peace between my head and my heart yeah I remember those obstacles. They were good. I mean, it was a good, it was a good thing. So, um, so the whole, the whole point that we're here today is talking about getting God, you know, more into our lives and having him be more real. So how, I mean, is there a way that you could even express how did he be, you know, just him personally, his love more real? I mean, you had the acceptance. Are you still kind of in that journey of, of just, you know, experiencing more of him? You yeah, know, it's, it. it's settled down. There's no angst anymore. Yeah. I think that's, that's a big surprise. I actually didn't ever think I would get to that point. Um, but I think because knowing Jeff and, you know, Greg is here and Puyang and, and some, of, um, some of the stories that people shared, I realized that people have, have been hurt. People have experienced so much pain, but I saw the, the forgiveness and that they still experienced joy and love. And I think I, I was able to really get how important that is and to take that back out. Um, and I found that that experience of being loved and feeling loved and then passing it on and being in a small group where we support each other and taking that out, that was my first real experience of God's love and grace and not ex letting bitterness come into your heart, getting that foothold that Dave talked about. But truly, um, I saw how transformed they were. It was really inspiring. Right. And that maybe wouldn't have happened just coming on Sundays. <laughs> she want, I know what she wants me to say. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it wouldn't have happened. On, yeah. I know, she, she knows. We I, love you. It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> no. She's a small group kind of gal. Um, well, it would be odd for you to know how much you have given to other people by being... I mean, I think if you recognized how much you were given to other people, it might give you both a big head. But I want to thank you both for being up here with me. Um, you didn't have to do this. And I know that you did this because you love me which is, um, you know, it's a really powerful thing to, to be loved by people like this. And just, um, I love what you bring to our relationship, and I'm so glad you're hanging with us on this next journey over at Jeff and Jenna's house, because you always, the questions that you ask always help me to really think through my faith more and more, and I love that, because I get in the habit of not doing that, you know, and so I love that, and I just, and I love that, you know, we're goofy, and we have a good time together, and Jeff, I love that you, what you bring, and what you give to all of us, and I wouldn't know that if we weren't in a group together, it's just that, that slow, solid, deep grace, that even when 
you're losing children or whatever, that you still stay anchored in, in God's love. And, and, you know, and thank you, too, for letting us be a part of that process with you. I know when you lost Aiden, just being in that hospital room with you guys, um, that's the other part. It hurts to get this close to people because you will feel their pain. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that uh, for anything because I think that's made us greater friends, having gone through that together. So thanks for doing this with me and uh, to many more months and years of life together. It's awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a hand. You're awesome. I love you. I do, I do.